Hello and welcome to this, the uh, the next episode of GovernPod. Uh, I'm Tyg, a member of the Government and Politics Society, uh, and here with me are two other members of the, politi- uh, the Government and Politics Society. Woohoo! Would you like to introduce yourselves? Yes, my name is Neve. I'm chairperson. <coughs> I'm Maeve, I'm OCM. And today we will be talking about the 2020 general election, so uh, things will likely get interesting. Uh, but... Before we begin, just to, to recap what has kind of happened since our last episode, it's been a while. It's been a while. And it's been a crazy <laughs> while. Uh, it really has. Not only are we in a, a new decade, but uh, we like World War III, yeah. trending on like day three, uh, the, uh, the Iranian crisis, uh, all, all that other kind of the shenanigans with the royal family. Mm, so Australia. Uh, Australia Georgia. on fire. Uh, the... the Brexit general election, that did happen in the meantime as well. Uh, but in more recent news, we have stuff like Davos going on. Uh, that's, uh, that's a fun one. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, anybody else have any other news items that are kind of like really current? Really current. Mm, there's probably 10 or 11. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Like, there's, there's a whole bunch. But I mean, like, there's the, there's, uh, the campaigning disasters. And in fact, the... Uh, the uh, the incident up in Dublin with the uh, the man in the tent uh, and oh, his possessions that, is absolutely that was that was horrific. Apparently in Carrigaline, which is just, uh, um, Carrigaline being Simon Coveney's hometown, there's a little um, display up of a, a toy tent, a toy digger, and a toy you know bed, and it's kind of cap- and kind of on the I think on the grotto, and it's captioned um, sign there saying. This is Fine Gael's government. So it's like, it's in Carrigaline itself, like, Coveney's yeah. been Yeah, yeah, and... Even the next day, I think I saw it on Twitter, there was Simon Coveney and um, Leo Varadkar sitting and posing yeah. in a little tractor as well. It, it was sh- all very, very badly handled, yeah, I'd say, from a I media agree. perspective. Uh, I agree. And uh, it hasn't really been any easier on Leo. He's kind of been blundering from one thing into the next, kind of. Yeah. Like, and he's getting confronted a lot while on the election trail. Well, it has not. Just been yesterday, uh, there was the incident where he uh, he in was Malo? in. Uh, there was in Malo, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but there was also the incident with the the Kurdish barbers, and he oh, was yeah? asking them about uh, Erdogan, uh, who, of course, well, the uh, the Kurdish territories which Turkey own. Uh, are currently like famine and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. safe to say, like it, it's it's just a bit of a disaster. But uh, to move back onto kind of the topic which we want mm-hmm. to address, and it is kind of relevant because this is all to do with the campaign trail, uh, the general election, mm-hmm. uh, twenty twenty. It kind of came as well. Everybody was expecting one, but the, not so soon. And the not timing, so fast. the timing was, <clears throat> which I don't think was a coincidence either the timing mm. February 15th being when the youngest voters are able to mm. cast their, their opinion form their civic duty but and the, 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 the day is interesting as well because there hasn't been a Saturday election since 1918 oh, really? the first doll yeah wow uh, and uh, there have been other votes on Saturdays mm-hmm. uh, a referendum but it was the worst turnout in Irish voter history 33% turnout fantastic so mm-hmm. What they're trying to achieve with a Saturday, are they trying to like lower numbers or raise numbers? Like the logic behind a Saturday vote is interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I know a lot of the logic behind it kind of stands up. Well, you know, working people are able to vote, young people are able to vote, which is kind of a little redundant when they could have had it just one week after that. And even though UCC, even yesterday, was able to register 650. <laughs> 50 just college un- going just under 700 yeah yeah mm. college going individuals to vote it's not or even change their dress or something like that but it's still 
there's thousands and thousands more who would be able to vote should it hmm. be even a week later. So I don't think that's a coincidence and I think should be pointed out. And I'm surprised isn't get the isn't getting more press. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I mean, I think a, a lot of the, the huge student turnout which we've kind of had mm. down here in Cork especially is, uh, I think like there is a kind of, well I wouldn't say fear of missing out because that's a real marketing term, mm -hmm. but like students realise that this could actually affect their ability to have a say or not. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, that kind of fear, it made it relevant to them, this general election is more relevant to the youth because there was that possibility that they wouldn't be able to have their say. Mm -hmm. uh, which and that that has led to us being able to register like hundreds, Hopefully, hundreds. I hope so. Uh, and turnout uh, on the day will also be re really interesting from a youth perspective because yeah. you know what they say: the youth is the radical vote. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think like even combined with Trinity, and I'm not sure how many they got elsewhere, but two hundred another two hundred fifty Trinity, and we know how much around a thousand can matter in an election. You know, it, yeah. it, can, it can swing it can a constituency. Hugely. Yeah. So I'm delighted that's been going on. But even Shout out to Spawn Out and all the SUs <laughs> out there. But even there's um, I just think a, a three-day kind of window where you can register for postal voting. That's something a lot of Ireland affected by. Like I don't, I don't my friends who study NUIG and all, I'm texting me asking how do you do it, how do you do it, and I was like, you've got until the end of tomorrow to get this whole thing done. It's very. I feel like, uh, as a young person, whatever, it's, it's so many hoops to jump to. You know what I mean? You, you do this with the Irish station. Post something off, get lost in the post. Happened to me, like, mine got lost in the post. Um, if it is, it's issued like this year with the kind of February 15th issue, there's another vote, there's another kind of form to fill out. Then you have people who are post voting, and it's such a long process. And like in, in the UK, you can just register for voting really, really quickly. I know I have friends in the UK, and they can choose between which where to vote in their hometown or their college town. And it's a really simple process. All you do is add your address in, and that's it. There's no need for kind of um, all this. I, all this other stuff like you need to be they seem to be like for all excuses a friend of mine is um at a conference in i think galway and she can or, and, and it's not it's not on her kind of hometown allowed and she can't register to vote for it and she can't vote because it's not officially registered as a reason to be out of your constituency out of your constituency even though it is a valid reason she is at a conference and there's it's just so much harder to get to get these things and for students especially to and there's no information about it. And I think it's um, reform in Ireland in how we... Because we're, it's, you know, like, there are countries where you can do it digitally now. Digital is always open to its flaws. Yeah. But even get reg being able to register at 16 or 17, and then the day you turn 18, you're able to vote. This is, is a thing. A, yeah. I think, a great idea. Or even things similar to that. I know USI had a the whole USI list. manifesto. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It was, well, it's the most progressive manifesto I've seen this election. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I absolutely love it. I think there's... Because I think registering to vote... I'm not a particularly political person in one party or the other which means God Paul really suits me <laughs> um, but registering to vote and being able to vote at all and effective democracy is one of the things that I'm hugely passionate about I heard Adam Campagno <laughs> the other day oh I'm not really registered to vote and I mean I sprinted across the hub and I said what? I was there I yes, saw yes. <laughs> excuse me <laughs> we'll get you registered immediately <laughs> I'm fairly sure I could be wrong I'm fairly sure in America <coughs> you can just turn up to the station with your kind of proof of ID and vote there and there's no need for like any forms, any, a register is, of electors yeah, or anything I, like that. I, 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 it's interesting because in Ireland you kind of need to have an address to vote, which is some people can't really vote. 
in America, as long as you have proof of ID and you're over 18, you can As long vote. as you were an American citizen. I'm an American uh, citizen. Yeah. I like, think it depends on the state, though. Like, sometimes you have yeah, to be the American as states a Democrat are, or a Republican, so you can't actually cross, cross over. Borders, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to be registered as one or the other. It's like registering for Fianna Gael or Fianna Fáil. It's just, well... Well, it, it ingrains the, the two-party system there. Exactly. Is, and two-party system is an interesting topic in the Irish case as well. For sure. Because we have all of this damned if you do, damned if you don't dialogue occurring here between Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil because we haven't forgotten and we haven't forgiven either party. Uh, and that has led to like a very interesting uh, kind of trend emerging. Like we, we saw that Sinn Féin are after jumping up to just below uh, Fine Gael in that Irish Times poll, uh, and that's like almost unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Uh, For sure. And Sinn Féin traditionally haven't been. I know the the phrase is like the two point five party system, like yeah. the two and a half. Traditionally, it's uh, Labour, Fine Fáil, Fine Gael, mm-hmm. and any government would be a mix of the three. Labour being like the junior the junior partner. Is is Sinn Féin taking over? Labour's role, I mean... I'm not going to say, or even, I don't know, I'm not going to say that Sinn Féin are taking over, however, them being one point behind means that we are moving away from this. The dichotomy. That's exactly the word I was looking for, but I was scared of pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> um, of Fine Gael and, Sh- Sh- <coughs> Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. Um, gosh, I've lost my point now. In the word dichotomy. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're moving away from it at the very least, but I don't know if that's going to only la- last for this election season. I don't know if that's going to last in the years of the future, where where Sinn Fein might be taking over from. I don't know. I'm going to say Fine Sinn Fein. No, Fine Gael. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's really interesting when we look at like basically like the the point five partner, uh, the, the the half the half party in the two and a half party system, traditionally always somewhere nominally on the left uh, and, and they add the flavour to the the government of yeah. the day uh, the, the, the coalition partner the coalition partner adds the flavour to what is basically like uh, porridge or ready break <laughs> like like not much strawberries or blueberries much of a muchness and so like is Sinn Féin taking that that position away from like because Labour previously in a coalition with Fine Gael badly burned still still reeling from the impacts yeah Uh, the same with the Greens yes uh, with Fianna Fáil uh, and that so like Sinn Féin really by being only ever really in opposition Mm -hmm. hasn't accumulated any disfavours more than they already have in the discourse in their you know history (laughs) in in their history and I mean (coughs) it's like our are, are we reaching the point where younger voters especially uh, people who might not have you know been around in the controversial days mm-hmm. uh, are they more willing to forgive and forget I would say absolutely I mean I think that's a huge factor in the rise in Sinn Féin popularity also like what's well, the Lou, Mary Lou bump as in the mm. bump who voters once Mary Lou I mean that that's partially due to Jerry leaving I would exactly. say exactly no, uh, well obviously of course yeah. yeah because some people just couldn't bring themselves uh, yeah, to, to vote to vote the connotations uh, my dad's the same he said he could never bring himself to vote for uh, the shit for Sinn Fein he's always getting into arguments with our neighbor <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> about Sinn Fein and but would would Sinn Fein uh, somehow involved in administration be better or worse for United Ireland do you think because they are involved in the northern administration mm-hmm. 
Uh, and it's funny that the DUP can bring themselves to work with Sinn Féin, but neither Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael can. Right, exactly. And so having Sinn Féin in an administration on both sides of the border, does that bring us closer together or further apart? That's a great question. Yeah. What do you think, Maeve? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not, gonna, I'm not the most knowledgeable about Sinn Féin, so, um, but I think... I think maybe it could bring us bring them a little bit closer because um, they're kind of on built on similar kind of foundations and similar ideals and I can't I'm not I don't know about Sinn Féin to be honest but I think genuinely it could it could bring them closer together. I think a dialogue between the borders is probably the most important thing regardless of whether you were united or not and I think yeah. Sinn Féin having you know political influence both sides of the border probably helps to facilitate that um, it's so hard to predict the future in that regard yeah. though do you oh, know what oh I mean yeah, no, I like, couldn't even <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. something I haven't even considered yet personally mm. I can see it being a good thing but at the same time pushing a narrative that Ireland might not be ready for yet I mean would, would, would the DUP drop Sinn Féin in the north uh, again arguably uh, if they feel that like oh it's the same kind of administration <laughs> both sides of the border this is this is too too close to the danger zone for them uh, and, and they drop it and then we're back to, to square one with Stormont uh, yeah. again mm. which has only recently been set back up in light of Brexit and uh, my goodness <laughs> yeah, no. my humble opinion <laughs> oh, yeah. to the benefit of the Irish the Irish language which I'm a huge mm. fan of and even yeah. I mean an interesting thing to come out of uh the whole suspension of Stormont was uh, gay rights. Yes. Uh, yes. Up north. Absolutely. It was, I wouldn't say it was only possible because there were grassroots on the ground activists always lobbying yeah. for it. Of course. But it, it was the, it was the, it was London who put it through, yeah. which is, it, it, it should have been the people of the north themselves, really. Exactly. And it kind of does a disservice to the ideals of. Having, having power sharing. Yeah, having and, a power and, sharing. And devolved government, yeah. As same with, I mean, Northern Ireland was left behind for months and months and months and months um, on when Ireland was able to repeal the Eighth, mm. but Northern Ireland was still stuck with mm. the, the limited that, that, laws regarding it. That was a big thing with the, the USI, the whole idea of the uh, the North is next, mm-hmm. like yeah, in, in terms of the, the campaigns. And it made, you know, the issue of uniting Ireland a human rights one as well. A human rights which one Which I think well, was yeah. huge, like gal- really galvanised the people and now possibly might be losing a little bit of its momentum given that the rights have been made equal and the story and things made like that. But like, again that's before we have like because soft border right now we're not I'm not exactly sure the details of the Brexit agreement being agreed is are they putting the uh, the border in the sea I think which is another I hope so <laughs> personally I mean, but look yeah I mean that 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 that, that brings its, 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 its own host of I issues for the future Stormont of Ireland recently rejected the, uh, the withdrawal deal but that doesn't have any influence, influence. It's, it's basically which yeah. is I don't know. It with Scotland and Northern Ireland having I, such I think wildly everybody, different. I think everybody except London have rejected it. Uh, the uh, the Wales, Holyrood up in Scotland, and uh, Stormont uh, have all rejected this deal. I think, or have at least expressed desire to just not go through with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but we're kind of getting off topic here again. <laughs> we're, we're getting into Brexit. Brexit is the the elephant in the room. Uh, but it does, it's undeniable that it has an impact on the future of Ireland. And really, the future of Ireland is what general elections are all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah. And 
Sinn Féin, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, mm-hmm. arguably Labour, Civil War politics. Civil War politics. <laughs> Civil War politics. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, but like that's been Ireland since the beginning of our democracy and our, you know, shared history is its roots in the Civil War. And even family ties are huge in terms of who you vote for, whether it's Fianna Gael or Fianna Fáil or... Well, more recently, none of the above, um, but it's whether you're a Collins person or a De Valera gal or... <laughs> I know my family were were Collins, but my dad would rather, I don't know, or he would be voting for Fine Gael this election over his dead body kind of thing. Yeah. Um, as you can probably tell, I talk a lot of politics with my dad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting though, because I don't actually have a good idea of how my family votes. Really? Uh, yeah. Me. Where are you from? I'll be able to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, like, it, I think there's always going to be an independent on that list because I'm from Tipperary. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know yourself. Up tip, up independence. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Oh, like we we sure do have them down here in Munster, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, no. So I I wouldn't actually be uh, fully informed where I lie on that. I do know mm-hmm. that uh, Civil War era, uh, it was hidden the fact that uh, a great grand uncle of mine uh, served in the British Army. Oh, I and see. And that was hidden. That was oh, buried. Lord. And what uh, year was that in? Sorry, that during the First World War. Okay. Right, okay. Oh, okay. No, respectable. Well, I, I mean, like, arguably, know. like, the volunteers, all that kind of stuff. I think um, there was a lot of, I mean, respectable on all sides, whether you wanted to abstain or not. Yeah, but uh, that, 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 was, that was buried, and my, my granddad didn't find out that he had an uncle until he was in his 60s. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's, that's, that's as far as I know about my family's history with this kind of Civil War politics thing. I mean, I know even less. I just know that my granddad grew up near where my Collins was shot and was a child when he was shot. Just on the road from Funnily enough, all, so I don't even know where they're lying. Bill La Blanc. My grand uncle owned that land. Really? Where my Collins shot. No, I'm, when I say my family were big, like, loved Collins, like they really <laughs> did. Okay. Um, they were fighters yeah. alongside Tom Barry and all them fun people. Mm. Um, but. It's interesting because, like, two two out of the three here don't know about their their wider family stance on on this issue. I mean, like, is is the Civil War dead? I would hope so. I mean, ideally. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I okay. And you know, my grandmother had some very strong opinions on it. I don't know what they were. Mm. She never told me, but she would very very. She's very into her Civil War history. She, she had all the books about it. I never really knew where she found though. Devilara or Collins? I have no idea. That's the thing. I should know this because she's very passionate about it, but she never actually showed a side on it. So, but I do think that there's a lot. It is. It's that kind of narrative. It's gone a bit now. I think from young people's politics. It, from yeah. from young people's politics and. Because I suppose initially Fine Gael were oh happy with d- the divide in the north and. Fianna Fáil wanted to fight for a better deal in theory, you know, back mm. in the day mm. whereas now, today, the differences would be Minimal. nothing related to that, you know, not yeah. remotely mm. um, for, like, Fianna Fáil would be more in favour of social housing Fianna, Fianna Gael would be more in favour of, I guess lower taxes and more, more but more socially progressive in a sense with their TDs mm. um, so the differences do not be, rely on mm the issue of the north at all anymore yeah which means that 
this kind of family voting should really be redundant. Um, but it's interesting how it still maintained its stronghold. To a degree, anyway. I yeah. mean, people are getting battered by both parties, depending on what <laughs> decade I, I mean, they yeah, yeah, yeah. There, want to look at. So I don't know. Mm. I saw a tweet and it compared young people voting for, um, I'm going for the Gale as turkeys voting for Christmas. For Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Like, Which is... Yeah, I mean, there, there, is a, there is a lot of that. Damage has been done. Uh, I don't think there's any denying that. Uh, and uh, are we trying to, to find a, a third a third main party? Well, I mean, at this point, it is unavoidable that we will have either Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael in government mm-hmm. unless a miraculous grand Shepherd coalition <laughs> grand coalition of the left kind of thing happens, which... Uh, which would be beautiful, labor, glorious. Labour <laughs> <laughs> labor was trying to... There was dialogue a couple of years ago. Labour trying to like pull like solidarity and people before profit in behind mm-hmm. them. I think strangely enough, they had left Sinn Fein out of that. Mm-hmm. So Sinn Fein might actually be pulling off what Labour was yeah, trying to do, do again. Mm-hmm. Which again is really like, are they are they moving in on that 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 role as the half party in the in the place? Are they taking a more central role? It is early days in the election. Of course. Uh, but these are all things where, like, if if the trend continues, it's a very interesting trend. I think Green will be pa- the Greens will be powerful this election, as in like mm. they will make a powerful jump. Mm. Well, not it, not the polls been showing that, but they will be key in determining mm. who, because they will be a popular coalition whoever they're with. Mm. Um, well, I would think so anyway. But then Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil, and Greens. <laughs> yeah, there's bad. Blood yeah, there. there's bad blood. People don't trust it or like it, but I think that um. It looks like that's where it's going for me, anyway. Mm. And uh, I mean, yeah, the, the like the Greens and the Greens and Sinn Fein really are like really drawing away from Labour. In, in this is this is how oh, I see it. Sure, I agree. And I mean, I think Sinn Fein especially have because traditionally, like the debate within Labour was. Uh, do they act as an opposition and kind of force Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael to work together mm-hmm. and then they grow and they become like by proxy the second other party against like a coalition of Sinn Féin uh, or not Sinn Féin uh, Fianna Fáil Fine Gael that never happened Labour went the other route of trying to implement their policies by going into coalitions uh, Sinn Féin took the other path Sinn Féin were going to stay out of things they didn't really have much of a choice in that <laughs> the people weren't willing to, to cooperate with them but they, they, we are now kind of looking at an idea that in this election, we might be looking at a, a reversed confidence and supply agreement. Yeah. Uh, and so they are kind of, again, forcing uh, uh, Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil cooperation. Oh. Now, a coalition would never happen because their, their, their lack of dissimilarities would just make them one big party. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, That'll be just... They just become one big party. They, they, well, I mean, yeah. I know that's... They, they would I, have their differences. If Fianna Fáil or, or Fianna Gael are coming here, they're going to punch me in the face for saying it. For saying but, it, um, yeah. <laughs> Because it's not strictly true at all, it, but yeah. their similarities are so great, you know? Are, are, yeah, they're, they're, they're quite similar, especially compared to Sinn Féin yeah, uh, or exactly. Labour. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's interesting because what might not have worked for Labour, so Labour took a path, it didn't quite work out for them if we're to look at where they are now as a party. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sinn Féin might be actually, having taken the other path, being a be- in a better position. So that's that's interesting, I think, yes. if I'm reading this correctly. <laughs> uh, just to qualify that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, there, 
there's there's a lot to really take in here. I mean, have any of you gone through like the, the I think we mentioned like the, the USI manifesto there earlier. Mm. Has anybody gone through the manifestos of the parties? I or have you been relying on canvassers or? Uh, canvassers. I haven't actually, well, obviously living in student accommodation. I haven't got a canvassers either. Yeah, no. And we tend to get um, at home as well. You don't get too many out in old Shannon Vale. I'm in a rather big housing estate, so usually we get quite a few. We haven't so far, and I'm quite interested to see when they come and if I'm home. And I can ask them, but um, no, so far, a lot of my information has literally been from the newspapers, um, Irish Times, the actual RT News, and Twitter. So I haven't actually read, I've been meaning to read the manifestos, haven't done that yet. Mm. I looked up some policies, some policies. Key, key ideas, yeah. yeah. Which I think are often most important because a manifesto is not, like they're promises, they're promises but they're not but like, necessarily guaranteed. Never, never trust a, a politician's promise. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, they're never guaranteed. So they're, And I'd say a lot of it's playing towards what voters want to hear as opposed to what they'll actually do. So I think it is quite important to look at their um, policies. Where they stand as a party. Yeah, exactly, because that's what they'll stick to because those are the police, the people. Whether they're able to deliver relief to the housing crisis, of course they'll say that in their manifesto. But it's very difficult to find. It is, it is a very Obviously we can thing. always hope and dream and wish and I, mean, I wish them the best of luck, <laughs> but it's very difficult to this, say. This is the part of the thing, because like I, I was mentioning there, like the, the USI manifesto was the most progressive manifesto I've seen. It's very easy to do that when mm-hmm. you are not a political party yes, per se. Yeah, yeah. It is basically yeah. a list, of, it's a challenge. It's, mm-hmm. it's like you're throwing the gauntlet down to the, uh, the politicians. Yeah, showing them the ideal, I suppose. Who, and who's going to pick it up? Mm-hmm. If anybody picks it up, um, I mean, it's the ideal for us yes, as young as, as college-going <laughs> students who, let's be real, girls probably sway a little to the left. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, just just a little bit. Just a little bit, right? Uh, of if course. I'm going to be completely honest, yeah. Full yeah. disclosure here. Yeah, but GovPol as an as a student organisation is totally political. Yeah, oh yeah, we we have to uh, we have to make mm-hmm. sure. None of that slips through. Yes, yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm gonna say um, one thing that's also important is to look at how they voted in elections and and not mm. elections in things track records. Tra- track records. So remember, I was looking at um, who voted what on their own Murphy vote confidence. And one of my TDs is Simon Coveney, so he didn't vote. Mm. But the others, um, two didn't didn't two didn't show up, and one voted in favour of um, in favour of voter confidence. So. That's one that's important for me to see. Look, right, I'd rather vote for the politician that actually showed up and admittedly voted how I would vote mm-hmm. than the other two who just didn't show up. And how much would you say that the personality of and the commitment of a TD would matter to you over their po- like their party policy? Okay, I've met three out of my four TDs, and while a few of them I've met in person, and I like them as people, they are very friendly, very nice. Like, um, but I would not vote for them based on my policies alone. So, I do think their their commitment to showing up that does matter a lot because, again, like, again, like these is okay, one of them is one of them is Michael Martin, who's leader of. Mm-hmm. Okay, We've got quite the constituency. We have a very interesting <laughs> oh, constituency, like, yeah. yeah. Gosh, like, God um, bless Cork, huh? <laughs> I know, like Simon Coveney, Monster in general. Monster yeah. in general is, is wild. Very I like powerful. Coveney, actually. Yeah. Not I, that I'll ever be voting for him, he's not in my constituency. <laughs> yeah, it is quite interesting living in, I'm pretty sure, the same few towns as Michal Martin and Simon Coveney, mm. who are, again, in the top two of the two biggest parties. And you're like, hmm. 
Um, but so I do think I'd have to look at how much I showed up and what I voted for. Participation. I could vote for the most ideal candidate in the whole world. It agrees with me and if they'd been previously elected and they went to like two votes out of like a hundred that's not going to say much. And how accessible would you say that knowledge is to you and like most people? Because I feel like it's something a lot of people don't take into consideration when voting. Honestly, I've on- I don't know where to find it. I've only seen one for the for the, the own Murphy thing but I'm going to have to try and find out where to find it and find more because it is a very it is something to look at because mm-hmm. it's like there's so much to be said about what is what what people say they'll do but even even in Cork it's it's not the biggest trek in the whole world to the Doyle but I know for a lot of a lot of my constituents it would be quite a trek I was talking to um someone in West Cork yeah, exactly. West Cork, best place in Ireland. No bias. <laughs> no bias. Going to advocate for West Cork independence, are you? No. Oh, very po- well. We have to get A back on here sometime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, talk, and talk about his independence plans, but yeah. Yeah, and um, they were saying that their their TD wouldn't come to the come to the what's it called youth work changes life thing because it was too far to go to them, and they wouldn't come to most of their Doyle things. So it was too far to go, and the kids at home and. George you don't mind naming off. names, do you? I don't actually know. Remember who it was? Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> it was wasn't one of my TDs, so I didn't remember the name. Which I know is bad of me, but it was. This was in June too, so it's, it's all gone. But I remember, very very disappointed in their local TD for basically. Uh, admittedly, until recently, it is quite a long way from West Cork, Dublin. They do have kids, it's like a young family. That there's all these issues, but it was still something you have to take into consideration. It is part of the job. Yeah. As, as yeah. an elected that representative. That you're being paid an awful lot of money it's to do. It's a very big... Oh, it's a, tasty, it's a tasty salary and a lovely pension. Yeah. Like, it is... <laughs> <coughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... That kind of brings us on to the topic of reform, really. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, a, lot of, a lot of things, like, visions for future Ireland. There's, a, there's everybody... So has, many. <laughs> everybody has uh, something there, there, there piece of cake to take mm-hmm. and, and we've definitely discussed the north in depth uh, yeah, yeah 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 we, 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 we which is say we might stay down 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 here uh, uh but shannon the shannon yes finnegill's had like we have to remember like there, there ha- like there hasn't really been a proper general election in quite a while it's mm. what nine years yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, something like that they've had the good run of almost a decade and uh Part of this was, of course, their initial attempt to uh, abolish the Shannad, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which, like, it, it's it's not really talked about anymore, is it? I mean, like, it, it, it's gone past. Like, totally. it's, it's a thing in the past, but. And I suppose as young people, that is actually like, it sounds like a very short time to be before our time, mm. but it kind of is in a way, especially since what most of us only became interested in politics. Well, I was me, in thirteen, school. fourteen, uh, I that I was firm that I wanted to do politics. I think it was Ebola. Actually, I love talking about it. My dad was like, "You're very interested in your politics," and I said, "Wow, I guess I am." Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was um, it was it was Donald Trump getting elected, and then I kind of talked about it. And Who? I was like, getting Donald elected? Trump. Oh, it, it literally wasn't. I, I I I'd always been interested in. Like in development and like political things I didn't think were political at work. You know, I was mm-hmm. I was in Chicago. I was very interested in the idea of equal rights and democracy and all these things, which I didn't think of as political until next thing Donald Trump was like, until people so shouldn't get married and all this stuff. He didn't quite say that, but all these things. And I was like, hmm. he definitely said uh, what you call uh, uh, gay people in the military. That was that was it. Yeah, yeah. So it was all these things, and I was like, huh, that is politics. And then next thing you know, my guidance counselor teacher was like, hi, mate. 
to the government. So it was very late for me. So I'm still I'm still catching up on a lot of what I didn't pay attention to when I was younger. But I do remember the I do remember the Shannon um Shan referen- referendum actually. I remember seeing um all the posters on the way to my horse riding school. Um, kind of saying it's a, uh, like, uh, it's elitist. It's part of our culture. Kind of that, that's the main. Mm. That seems to be the main kind of. I mean, part of our culture is a bit strong. Yes, uh, I agree. It is. It is basically because uh, we did inherit a lot of what we have from the British system. Yeah, you guess, yeah. Uh, and of, I'm I'm very glad we By don't have the House of Lords. Am I saying? Bicameralism. Bicameral. I've only ever read the word. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you learn something new every day here on GovPod. <laughs> uh, Dichotomies. <laughs> Dichotomies. Oh, yeah. I'm shocked. <laughs> I can spell it for you, no problem. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all, all these words we find in academic texts. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what was I saying? Sorry, uh, oh, yeah, I'm very I'm very happy we don't have, like, the exact House of Lords system. Oh, mm-hmm. of like, course. Like, if, if, if De Valera could have gotten away with, like, reintroducing chieftains, I think he would have. <laughs> But, uh, no, uh, like, yeah, so, but our, our system is, because of actually, interestingly enough, like, the Irish history of, like, the, of getting Irish home rule passed, that's the reason why the House of Lords no longer has teeth in, mm. over, over the, the water, uh, and when Bunrak Neheron was being made, in consideration of that, we also, like, removed the teeth from the Shannet while it was being created. Uh, but it, it's like it is. It is there to. It's a talking shop that occasionally rubber stamps things. And yeah. is, is that what we want from like our, our bicameral system? Possibly. I did a whole essay on this. I can't remember if I did well or not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's a very interesting question. Um, and the power of parliaments, particularly in Ireland, we have one of the weakest in. Western Europe yeah, overall mm. has quite, we all have very weak parliaments mm. with, um, I was thinking of doing my dissertation on this actually, and all the words are Par- escaping Parliament me. is like the legislature. Um, but how, basically how weak parliaments react to um, emergencies uh, was what I was thinking of, but it was kind of just an idea of floating in the wind, may not happen actually, but I have to do yeah. two dissertations in my final year because politics and European studies both require oh, Um I was going to say, but basically, we don't. Our our parliaments don't have a lot of teeth, mm. in general. Um, so the Shannon, by that comparison, it, 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 it fits it, in. It literally it doesn't even moment. have gums. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really joking, but you know but what like, I mean. Like yeah. that's a bit excessive to say, but um, but there, I think there are some great senators, and even even if it is not the most. I'm going to say effective or change making or mm. force of government um, representation at every level I think is, is, is yeah representation is an interesting one because yeah. uh, the Shannad uh, a big part of the Shannad was representation uh, for the, the Protestant community mm. down here in Ireland so that everybody would have a say uh, now since the system might have been abused for political appointments uh, exactly that's uh, the biggest issue with the, with on a party basis mm-hmm. uh, and how politicians have choose to use the system if they're making the most of the system that was actually something Fine Gael got credit for mm-hmm. uh, not just doing party political appointments actually introducing I think some academics into it yeah um, as it should be I really which is kind of the purpose you're meant to have mm-hmm. like professional insight uh, and expertise in the Shannad that's mm-hmm. what the Shannad is there for but uh, 
Rather than getting your pals a nice salary to You sketch. wouldn't know it to see it, looking at <laughs> yeah. the Shannon. Yeah, uh, it's a... Uh, so, reform. How how would we take the Shannon if 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 you were Taoiseach tomorrow, and you were going to you don't know. No. It's, that's such a loaded question. I'd really have to think about it. I think I mean, if, you, if you gave me a two thousand word essay to do, I'll write it for you. I'll get back to you yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh no. Actually, we did get an email about um, the Shannon and reform, so I think it could be uh, an interesting one to touch upon again um, in another episode. Uh, because it is obviously such a huge topic mm. to discuss particularly in depth um, but obviously the Shannon for all intents and purposes I do think should be as we were saying meeting of academics and meeting of people who know what they're doing oh, <laughs> but at the same time like, do they have the power really to use that expertise um, mm. possibly not but at the same time I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to comment on it, to be perfectly honest that, that, with you. Uh, it's not a controversy yeah. that's happened in a time that I've been interested in politics. Exactly. And yeah. the only way that I would get an intimate understanding of it will be studying it engaging, in retrospect engaging with it, to yeah. my degree. Um, but I know there are people very interested. Um, shout yeah, out to we'll, Martin we'll, Peter Rahul. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put a pin in it. Yeah, we'll put and a pin yes. in it. And I think we should come back to it because it's something I'd be interested in talking about. I know a few other people are. Um, but it's just not something that would be a controversy in the time that I've been interested in politics and is something I struggled to comment on in an educated way. So, as far as I know, I like the smart people in, the, in, in, in positions of, <laughs> of... Of where they can make a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Where, yeah. But can people in Shannon... Does the Shannon make that much of a... A difference. A change is another debate to be had. Mm. But, I mean, the Shannon is just one of, of many reforms that are put on the table. I mean, devolved government... Uh, even the the Irish Constitution, if unification does happen, uh, all of these are big reforms which might be hitting uh, our country over the uh, the next decade mm-hmm. or two decades. Uh, and uh, I mean, which of those would you be would you guys like to talk about first? I mean, Maeve, no. Um, redoing all of the Ireland, uh, the Irish Constitution or devolved government. I wouldn't redo. I wouldn't start from scratch in either of them personally. Yeah, I it's mean, quite. I do remember we had a kind of a class discussion. Elect, elected mayors. Okay. Yeah. First oh. of all, that's, that's <laughs> we need too, to get Aiden Levin in here. Yeah. We do. Um, I, I remember we had a class discussion um, first semester of last year about rewriting the constitution, and we all had to like get in the groups and essentially talk about how we do it and. I don't like. I don't think my other group realised how much was in it until we started thinking about like, education, healthcare, like, how you're going to merge that together. And it's they might have if there was an Ireland, you, I from what from my understanding, you would probably have to have a serious, serious rewrite and a serious look at how everything is because it is has been two different systems. You know what I mean? And as a again devolving devolving government. I think I'm personally all kind of for it. Like from what I know about it, it seems like a really good idea. And I did write, as Ty mentioned, a very nice essay last last year about um, bringing directly elected mayors. And I was all for it. I can't remember why now because it was a year ago. Mm. But I was all for it. And I do think that devolving government down to more local level is very important mm-hmm. to talk about and to consider because right now 
I mean, everything is very dumb. Like, even, everything, not even the politics, but um, everything's very dumb centric. Even, even RT closed down the Limerick Studios, that's relevant. That was, even, that was mm-hmm. a big thing, actually, yeah. I mean, even in my own Irish girl guides, everything is so Dublin centric. And I think that. The, uh, I think that government being more devolved down to separate separate areas, while it may cause complication and confusion for a while when it comes to adjusting to that and getting things, I think it could, from what I know, be very beneficial to help mm. operate as a whole because again, the whole world, the whole country is very, very eastern region centric. Yeah, mm. and I mean, it's it's actually interesting that this could be like the cork talking because i've, I've been, I've been <laughs> here uh, yeah 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 but i have heard dublin described as cancerous oh uh, yeah I that's mean, a big st- word strong strong that language is a strong it's word. very strong it's a very strong word uh especially considering people's experiences with cancer but yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it's, I would it's say very that strong is language the issue, yes uh but like the idea that it keeps on drawing resources into Away Dublin from and which it is spreading outwards into the rest like the alright so it's actually pretty apt. apt now it isn't the word I'd use tumorous maybe it, it might, uh, yeah. Yeah. even yeah no it's yeah it's <laughs> very strong that's a lot it's, I will give it that it, it is, is a big word but and it, it, it does describe the spread of Dublin Yes, uh, right. Uh, especially, and all all of the, the all of the competencies remaining in Dublin. Physically, Dublin is expanding outwards. Mm-hmm. All the resources are going to facilitate that because that's where the money is. Of course. And so, yeah, that that's something that we have to deal with as well on a physical level. Looking at this general election, infrastructure is a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are still in Europe. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yep. Hooray for that. Uh, but uh, so, like, we we have assistance with infrastructure in mm-hmm. that regard. Uh, it was actually hilarious because I think uh, when the news of Brexit first broke, Wales were looking for funding for a, a, a bridge across one of their many uh, uh, flooded valleys, you know, the, the, the bays which they have there. Uh, they were looking for that from Europe and they, they couldn't get it if they left. So they were asking that Ireland would apply for it on their behalf and Ireland would then give them the money. Uh, I which did is cheeky. not hear it's that. Funny. Yeah, it's cheeky. That is something I'd do. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, credit credit to them for trying. Uh, right, exactly. It's, it's, it's very creative thinking on their part. Mm. Um, but what kind of infrastructure would we like to see? I think we all want to move in a more green direction. I think we need more motorway. Like, okay, right now there's no motorway between Cork and Limerick. That's bad. We need more trains. That's a really big thing. I'd agree like, with the more trains. trains. More cheaper mm. trains. We're the only country, I think, in Europe that has reduced the amount of Rail lines. Yeah. Since they used to be. Uh, I don't know what the date they used, but we've definitely reduced I mean, the amount we've had. Ar- Ireland's uh, industrial infrastructure, uh, way back when, was actually quite yeah. extensive. The the Grand Canals, uh, the various canals we had, the, yes. the various rail systems we had. I mean, the train went down all the way to Clonmel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was a train That's between um, Crossaven and Cork City, and it, and it went to Carrigaline. It's it's it, and it's still still roughly there. You can still see tracks and pieces, but I do think. Like, I don't. It's, it is something that is desperately needed because, as it is, right? Even even from an environmental point of view, they're much better environment than anything else. Pu- mass public transport. transport. They're faster. They are very right now, very very expensive. I haven't got to train to Dublin, and I don't know how long. And instead, I spend about forty five hours a year on the air coach. Um, but oh, I spend that a month. Oh, <laughs> my minimum, I'd say. Oh, I know. But it, I think genuinely, okay, for me, I am very much infrastructure, 
Brain just goes straight to transport. I do think biggest thing is making everything not so Dublin centric. So things that go between cities that aren't Dublin and are well. So things between like better like a train between Cork and Galway, Cork and Waterford. No train there. Mm. Mm. I imagine that is possibly in many ways one of the keys to moving Ireland out of its Dublin centric exactly, focus. Yeah. Yes. Is an availability of transport Everywhere. that isn't going to absolutely kill the pocket um, for both businessmen, businesswomen, businesses, ordinary people, ordinary people, um, everyone really. I yeah. don't know. Obviously, it's an expensive and laborious task, but it could very well be worth it. Again, I am a bit biased here, but I reckon it would pay off getting more, more, more infrastructure that brings us between cities that aren't Dublin. And in the, in the long run, or from a, a social perspective, it would be it would be worth it. Okay. I mean, there there is more contentious infrastructure we can talk about. Five uh, G, the possible implications <laughs> of that. Uh, people still complaining about uh, the air based the turbines, wind turbines. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, that though, like again, that's a big thing when it comes to elections, especially with the independence. Of course. Not yes. in my backyard. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, I mean incinerators uh, I oh. think infamously with the Green Party yes. uh, when they were in power uh, people people's experience with that uh, so there, there is really a lot to look at in this general election we've touched on some things there reforms infrastructure uh, our, our even yeah we did we did put opinions in there we definitely did yeah yes. for sure no question of it but uh, we hope that we also in a kind of impartial manner looked at like the dynamics between the parties and all that kind of stuff as well uh, I think we're going to have to leave it there. Yes, I can see the power button flashing. That's not good. Yes, no, no, the battery button or battery. Yeah, Uh, and so uh, I'm going to say goodbye. All right, thank you very much. Goodbye, we'll see you next episode. Next episode, hopefully soon. Hopefully sooner than that. Thank you for listening and goodbye.